Welcome to the College Football Bros, the podcast that can't wait for Georgia, Alabama. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros podcast. I am Michael Newman, and I'm joined by the brother who still has an AOL email address. Yeah, what's the problem? Let's see. <laughs> Ryan Newman. <laughs> 131 right. at blank.com. And by the other brother, who is an Outlook guy. I am an Outlook guy. Loyal Microsoft guy. That's me, Trey yep. Newman. All right. Uh, at the top of the show here, not going to be asking you to follow us on social media. Don't do it. Instead, check out our sponsor. That's right. Our sponsor is MyBookie. You can go to mybookie.ag. Uh, you know, between the NFL, college football, the, the baseball playoffs are winding down here. We're going to have the World Series soon. There's no shortage of games to watch. Uh, thousands of lines available on your favorite sports, other events. You can turn your game day into payday at MyBookie. If you use the promo code CFBROS, all caps CFBROS, you can double your first deposit up to $1,000. Maybe you like uh, backing the big favorites. You could put uh, a couple of them in into a parlay for a bigger payout. Maybe do a, a money line parlay. Makes the games more fun on both Saturdays and Sundays, or even the. Hey, the how random. about how about money money par, money line parlay some dogs? There you go, just go crazy, hey, wheel go it bold, exactly. <laughs> and it's fun. You can do a small bet. Talk big, about a payday, <laughs> exactly. Small bet, big big payday. Uh, but there's championship futures, player props. If you're more fo- more focused on that as opposed to just the games, you can always get in on the action. Even though we're, you know, a quarter of the way into the season for for most of football, so if you sign up at my bookie, just use that promo code CFBROS, you'll get that dollar for dollar match up to a thousand dollars, and uh, they even have like UFC. It's a lot, a lot of fun uh, to check out that mybookie. They got politics. They've, oh yeah, they got it all. We're sure. There you go. All right, let's uh, let's recap week six here. The big games. OU beat Texas in just an insane game, 53 to 45 in quadruple overtime. Ryan, what'd you see here? Game of the year so far. I mean, the game went back and forth. Entertainment wise, for sure. Yes, exactly. It was game back and forth uh, the whole time. Well, it wasn't exactly kind of as you just alluded to, it wasn't exactly the cleanest um, <laughs> and highest level game that we've ever seen, especially in the Red River shootout. Um, but it was good, it was fun to watch. Uh, each team had three turnovers. Spencer Rattler got benched for a while because he just, you know, I think Lincoln Riley's like, man, enough's enough, dude. Stop turning the ball over, dude. Uh, but then, you know, uh, the backup came in and mm, he had some shaky moments as well. So, uh, but so Texas, they went more than 30 minutes in this game without putting a point on the board. If you kind of realize that, it's like, wow, that, they didn't score for a long time. Yeah. Uh, but they were down 31 17. Um, and then Ellinger and Texas scored two touchdowns in the, in the final four minutes to, to send it to overtime. And OT was crazy. Uh, the first over, two overtimes, both teams scored touchdowns relatively easily. So, but once it got crazy, once he got to the third, uh, Texas was on offense first. They stopped around the 14 yard line or something like that. Um, and they had their field goal attempt blocked. And so then OU, all they had to do was just kick a field goal on yeah. their possession and they're going to win. So they get down to, oh, I think it was actually OU here that kicked from the 14-yard line. Okay. Um, Gabe Burkich, been great. He's been a solid kicker. He's only missed one just, field goal in his entire career. And he just, yeah, exactly. He's been awesome. But he just <laughs> yanked the, the living heck out of it. Just <laughs> like crazy. Just bad. Straight left. Like, oh. whoa, dude. 
that was horrible. Uh, jitters had to have played a factor there. So it <laughs> went into quadruple overtime. Uh, and uh, OU scored early on the first possession, made the two-point conversion, and then Ellinger threw a pick uh, on their preceding possession. So, uh, I mean, it was crazy. I it kind of fig- this we we most of us knew which is like it was gonna be a close game the spread was so close figured it was gonna be back and forth and who knew but OU had a slight edge and ended up ended up happening yeah and you know one thing i found out interesting uh, a nugget before the game it was it's been 12 straight years oklahoma has actually been a favorite in this game kind of a little surprising mm. to me um mm. but this game it really does it almost always delivers so so entertaining uh and and like you said Ryan to your point oklahoma it wasn't a work of art, but their defense held Ellinger in check for that kind of middle part of the game. Yeah. Um, They're putting some pressure on him. They did the last part of the fourth quarter, and then overtime, Ellinger kind of had his way. But they they at least made it a challenge for for some of the game. But the there were two coaching decisions in this game that really stood out to me. One at the end of regulation, you know, you'd mentioned Texas made a great fourteen point comeback in the last five minutes. That last drive, they marched down the field, ended up scoring on a very easy touchdown with 14 seconds left. I personally thought they would go for two and the win, just considering, you know, you know that you don't have the best defense. So going into overtime against a really good offense, it's going to be tough to stop them. You've got uh, two yards to beat Oklahoma. You could do it. That was one. I mean, I I understand why you kick it, but I just kind of thought this scenario, they could have could have gone for it. Yeah, I wouldn't have minded it. So there's that. Yep. Then then the other decision was Lincoln Riley in double or triple overtime kicking that field goal. So they got down to the 14-yard line, and on second down, he decided to kick the field goal. Instead of oh. – to me, it was almost like he played scared, like he played not to turn it over. Now, I know Burkich is incredible. The odds of making a 31-yard field goal are pretty close or pretty good. But it was just kind of like, I don't know, the message just was weird. Yeah. You know, you don't really see that often, especially when Texas doesn't have the greatest defense. You can just kind of... Yeah, I used to be kind of a big advocate for the, yeah, just, just keep running your offense, keep getting closer, run the ball. But uh, I don't know, I think it's maybe closer than I used to think because obviously Burkett's a really good kicker. Um, you can set it up in the middle and he's whatever, yeah. 90 plus percent to, to make that. And... You know, if you if you keep running your offense, running the ball up the middle or whatever you want to do, you know, every play there's a I don't know one or two percent chance that you're going to fumble. So each each play you're adding that possibility, and even the gain, you know, what's what's really the gain if you're only going to end up gaining a couple yards, a few yards doesn't but really they, increase I the mean, per- percentage they, of the field goal that much. Yeah, you could score a touchdown and then you don't have to worry well, about and it. And it's but. like you're not playing the georgia's defense you're playing texas's defense here but no i i totally understand like there i don't think i mean if he makes it it's not even really a point but i did think about it when he kicked it It was just so surprising you don't see that mm-hmm. yeah um, i don't like it I just and don't then like it you but know. then That's earlier I mean, it's earlier, close, earlier lincoln riley's been a little conservative this year he he on the in the first quarter he he decided to kick a field goal from like the one one and a half he did the same thing against iowa state last week it's just i always thought riley of being more aggressive he's just been a little more conservative than usual yeah, for sure. That, that's definitely been very surprising. And I guess the other thing, I I see your guys' point. I think it's a, a close decision. I didn't bring up the – there's also a chance you get a penalty or something that gets you out of field goal range. So there's yeah. – I, I see would, both sides. I guess it was I don't surprising. know the answer, but it was – yeah, it was surprising. Um, okay. How about a bad beat on that under 
and that, that, oh, he had the ooh. under in that game. Yeah, <laughs> quadruple overtime. Feels like a lot of people looked at the score and just thought like, oh, offense is just dominated, but wasn't just really the overtime. case. Yeah, yeah, no, just it wasn't at overtime. all. Okay, next game: Texas A&M won at home against Florida, forty-one thirty-eight, on a Seth Small field goal as time expired. Trey, what were your thoughts here? This was this game was also at noon Eastern, nine a.m. Pacific. It was tough to go back and forth between these games. Um, this loss was not on the Gators' offense. Kyle Trask, he was amazing again, efficient through four touchdowns. He completed a pass to eight different receivers. Uh, but we've kind of talked about it, and now it's starting to become a pattern. Florida's defense has been a little disappointing so far. They had to go up against yeah, some sure. really good offenses, but. It's not what we expected up to this point. Um, you know, against Ole Miss, it was the pass defense. But against the Aggies, the pass defense wasn't great, but it was also the run defense. They had over 200 yards rushing. Spiller was kind of running wild through the the Gators in the latter part of the second half. Um, they converted 12 of 15 third downs, Kellen Mond did. So it's a big win for Jimbo, and now all of a sudden the Aggies look to be in a pretty good spot. Yeah. They're, they're definitely, I mean, they've got kind of the toughest part of their schedule, Alabama and Florida behind them. So the rest of the games are all winnable. I mean, several. Obviously, of them if they could, you were told them before the year, if they would have split that, they would have been jumping for joy. So, yep. Yeah, that was the goal. <laughs> Looking so, pretty good at two and one for them. For sure. I think all their goals are, are still in front of them. Um, but yeah, just, I mean, you, you said it, Trey, huge win for Jimbo. It just... Of course, he's not on the hot seat or anything like that, but it just felt like he kind of needed a big win. He hadn't hadn't had it yet, so it looked like it after the game. He was pretty pumped. He was very pumped. Yeah, he, he was pumped. Was, he was like, "Okay, this was this was big. This was a big one for sure." Um, and finally, Kellen Mond got you know the wide receivers for A and M has been something we've talked about as a question mark this year. They've they've lost a couple guys. Well, Caleb Chapman uh, balled out in this yeah. one, 151 yards and two touchdowns, but yeah. he is now out for the year. So yeah. it's just like the hits keep coming there at wide receiver. So I don't know that how that sucks so bad to fare moving big, forward. The guy, he was good, man. That's too bad. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but yeah, as for Florida, yeah, they just need to get that defense figured out. Um, they still control their destiny for, you know, make the playoff. All their goals are, are still alive, but Todd Grantham's got to figure it out. Yeah. Yeah. That's weird. It's, you know, they lost some key pieces, but it's not like they, you know, they didn't get decimated. Disrupted. You didn't think they'd drop this far. Yeah, exactly. And they've, they've never been bad in the last decade plus. So it's, no, it's been, yeah, a long time. Not, not good. Okay, uh, next game we have here, Alabama won in the highest scoring regulation game in SEC history, 63-48. to 48. And I just thought Lane Kiffin called a perfect game. He was going for it on fourth down. He attempted a surprise onside kick. They really should have got it. It was but the I right call. It's the right call, especially because they weren't going to stop Alabama anyway, of course. Yeah, exactly. Um, Jerion Ely and Snoop Connor both ran for over 100 yards. Obviously, Matt Corral was amazing through the air. But ultimately, yeah, they just they just couldn't get a stop. So uh, Najee Harris was just punishing defenders. <laughs> 206 rushing yards, five touchdowns. Like, he was just throwing them off. They had no chance. Heisman. Heisman consideration with yeah, a big I game mean, that's, like that. That game puts you up there. Although, Mac Jones is oh, yeah. ahead of him right now. And he was amazing. Alabama. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I honestly don't downgrade Alabama very much for this. I, I know the defense didn't play well, but 
Ole Miss is a great offense, and uh, Massey Peabody actually had Alabama as their highest game grade this weekend, which was surprising. But you look at the yards, the offense play was so amazing in so. this game. Yeah, offense was perfect. So all about that <laughs> so, differential. So yeah, hard to hard when your offense goes down at the field every time it scores. Probably going to win most games. So mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that I, I love the onside kick attempt. People that maybe maybe got a little upset with that. Come on, guys, really? I think people if, were upset somebody with during that, the game. People- Somebody who wasn't the announcer during the game didn't he say that like oh, oh I didn't we'll hear just, it. kick him deep and hold him you know maybe make him go the whole field because you give him a short field if you do it. yeah I think it was I think it might have been uh, Todd Blackledge maybe it was the guy okay. who was saying I don't know whatever it was like dude really yeah like onside this- kick is surprise onside kicks are have a very high percentage of success and when you're a big underdog and you couldn't stop them anyway those are the things you got to do yeah it's just uh, and this, so this there's a tweet that got sent out. You know, they got a lot of pub. Mm-hmm. Ole Miss only prevented Alabama from getting oh, 41 yards yeah. in the game. Like, Roger so meaning Sherman Alabama had the ball. Yeah, Alabama had the ball 11 times. Um, and they scored nine touchdowns on the 11 of those times. Then they fumbled on the one on one. So that was one yard. And then the other one they punted from the 40. So yeah. 41 yards that they missed out on. It was just like, there was no way. That and I don't even think them. that fumble was a fumble. It was the first no. fumble of N- Najee Harris's career, but it should have been called forward progress. Yeah. Totally. totally. But yeah, that to so. that tweet, it was 723 yards of a possible 764. I mean, that's just yeah. nuts. I've never really thought <laughs> about offense and defense that way before, but it was interesting to that's, see. That's why that tweet went viral because, yeah, it's just never thought yeah. about it like that. Yeah, I mean, they were, they're just, they they're just so, free, they're so freaking good. And I'm like, like you said, Michael, I'm not I'm not going to judge Alabama's defense yet on just because of this game. Like Ole Miss up tempo, they have a, we've seen they have a great offense. They did it against Florida. They've done it each each week. So Kentucky, Kentucky yeah, exactly. So I, while I don't think Bama's defense is maybe as good as we thought, I still am going to wait and reserve judgment on that because this week's right. week. Yep. Okay, uh, we've got a few crazy endings to get to. Uh, I'll start here with Arkansas at Auburn. Felipe Franks was was great in this game. 22 of 30, four touchdowns, um, no picks. And so as a double-digit underdog, I think they were like a 17-point underdog, Arkansas had... I thought it shrunk to like 13 and a half. Oh, did it? That's right. Okay. I think it started the year, the, the week 17, shrunk. And- okay, two-touchdown underdog then. and they But they had a one-point lead uh, late in the game. And so Auburn, with 30 seconds left, attempted a spike of course, to stop the clock, clock yeah. and Bo Nix fumbled the snap, picked it up, and, and spiked it backwards, which is just crazy. I don't think I've ever seen that. Uh, but referees blew the whistle, called it incomplete, and Auburn ended up, you know, of course, retaining the ball. First and, off, you can't spike it after you fumble it. Second of all, well, yeah, you threw they, it backwards, it's a fumble. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So the spike, I think, what do they call it? Intentional grounding there, whatever the call is. Yeah, it'd be intentional grounding, yeah. But uh, but yeah, but it it was should have been a fumble, um, but but like I said, they blew the whistle, yeah, and Auburn ended up kicking a field goal to win. So it sucks, like Auburn, I mean, Arkansas did get screwed because they made the incorrect call. I will say, though, on replay, like at that point, there was nothing that, that they could do to change it because in order to call it a fumble, you would have had to have uh, a, a clear, or you would have an immediate recovery. recovery following the yeah, play. And, there wasn't. and everyone was saying, Oh, Arkansas recovered it. It's like, 
it was not no. even close to immediate. It was no. squirting out and and the whistles um, were blowing and yeah. whistles were blowing again. Players were kind of half heartedly going after it. So yeah, that's that's why they have that immediate rule. But uh, but yeah, I mean the guy blew the whistle. I, there's no one really to be mad at though for me because it's like yes, the referee made a mistake, but it's a pretty understandable one. Like I've never seen that happen. So no, it is what it is. Unfortunately, that's that's rough. I mean, when you see the f- him fumble. I don't know. Like they should have at least called like grounding or something. Well, they did you know, call like, grounding. Made the mistake that yeah, way. Yeah, did yeah, did they not call Yeah. They did call grounding. Oh, they did call. That's why the the oh, field okay. goal was longer. Oh, my fault. Okay. Sorry about so, that. Yeah. Yeah, they did right. they did after they did call grounding, but um but it should have been and obviously it should have been a fumble on a live ball, but yeah. it was yeah. but like Michael said, you never seen that before. All right. Mm-hmm. So there was another one. LSU was at Missouri. And this game, of course, got moved to Missouri because of Hurricane Delta, which didn't think it would be a factor, but it ended up maybe being a factor. Missouri ended up winning 45-41. So be honest, raise your hand if you saw Mizzou putting up over 600 yards against LSU this season. We weren't. Oh, yeah, yeah. I did did for sure, yeah. yeah. We were all very low on LSU, but, but didn't envision Missouri's offense doing this uh eli drinkowitz man pretty fun to really turn that offense around uh in the short term Bazelak was incredible in his first start 29 of 34 406 yards four touchdowns they even lost the turnover battle three nothing and and won this game but here's how the game ended mizzou marched down 77 yards four plays take the lead there's about five minutes left lsu kind of plots their way down the field with 45 seconds left brennan found terrace marshall caught it at the one and he kind of had trouble reaching it out to score. You thought when he caught it, he'd be able to reach it out and score, but no problem. First and goal at the one stuffed on first down stuffed on second down, third down. They had a pass batted down. Then all of a sudden you got one play fourth and goal, <laughs> fourth and goal. Brennan rolls out, looks for Marshall again, knocked away. Missouri pulls off the upset. Uh, Unreal. You didn't think it would end on a goal line stand by Missouri, but, uh, but overall, it's just LSU, man. They look really bad, especially Bo Pelini's defense. Oof, oof. Bo. Come on, Bo. Yeah. The LSU fans are already done with him there. Yeah. yeah. They just, you know, they bad might be look. stuck with him for a little while. Yeah. yeah, that's that's rough. All right, let's move on to my game here. I had Pitt at Boston College. So kind of jump forward here. Pitt was, uh, or Boston College was up 10 uh, for most of the fourth quarter until Pitt scored a touchdown with about 218 re- remaining in the game. To, to make it 24-21, so their pit was down three. They held BC to a super quick three and out um, on that very next possession, so they got the ball back pretty quickly. They scored. Uh, they, well, here's how they, they with about 40 seconds remaining, they got to about the 41-yard line uh, of, of, of BC, and it was they had to kick a 58-yard field goal to try to tie the game, uh, and Alex Kessman just nailed it, so... <laughs> Nailed it. They held BC on the last-ditch effort. Game went to overtime, so Kessman had that 58-yarder. Um, so uh, it went to OT. BC scored first. They were up seven. Okay, they're up seven now. Then Pitt responded with the score of their own. So they go down one, just got to kick the extra point. Now Alex Kessman, who just hit that 58-yarder, wide right on the extra point attempt. <laughs> that's, <laughs> so just, that's a 58, oh, and this is the extra point. Pitiful. That's how they lose the game. Yeah. So BC got the win, thirty-one thirty, and uh, that's a rough loss for Pitt, man. Oh, didn't they point. lose by one to NC State? And the, they did back to back weeks. 
or they beat Louisville by three. But yeah, it's beat been Louisville. <laughs> oh man, BC's three and one, man. Well, nice start for Halfley there. Yeah. Okay, let's uh, let's get to some rapid rapid recaps. Uh, just a few games here. What do you got, Trey? All right, the first one is Virginia Tech at North Carolina. The Tar Heels won 56-45. They stormed out to a 21-0 lead in the first quarter, and it looked like they were just going to kind of run away and hide and destroy Virginia Tech. But hello, Earth to Justin Fuente. Where Play Hendon Hooker. Hendon Hooker, When man. you have him. That's I, crazy. I hate, I hate being an armchair coach and second-guessing these guys, but Braxton Burmeister wasn't the reason the Hokies finished on a tear last year. Uh Hooker came in finally, led a valiant comeback effort in the third quarter. They were down 42-17, cut it to 42-37, but then the heels pulled away. Uh, the Hokies, you know, no matter who the quarterback was, that Hokies defense has some some issues. They couldn't stop anything. The Tar Heels ran for 399 yards, 9.3 yards per carry. It's insane, yeah. And, I mean, the, the defense has a lot of issues, like you said, but one of the main ones is just they're missing so many guys, especially in that secondary with contact yeah. tracing. So it's been a rough go. They've missed the the coordinator and uh, some coaches in and out with with um, COVID or they've contract been, tracing. They've been hit the hardest out of any team in the nation. They've it's been hit pretty, pretty amazing. Hard. All right, moving on, a little less entertaining game. Kansas State at TCU. K-State won 21-14, despite only having 289 yards of offense and 12 first downs. Uh, their defense, though, was great. They had a pick six that put them up 21-7 and in a low-scoring game like this that shut the door. Freshman Will Howard filled in for Skylar Thompson, and we ended up learning that Skylar Thompson is out for the year. He had uh, season-ending surgery. But Thompson, true freshman, he led K-State in rushing, too. I mean, he did have 80 yards on, on one play. But here's a fun fact about K-State. Kleiman has been an underdog 10 times as K-State's coach. They've now won seven outright. Wow. Off and then finally, start. yeah, they are. And then finally, NC State at Virginia. My upset special actually came through. I'm back on the NC State wagon after I wasn't so high on them the last couple of years. They went 31, or sorry, 38 21. Devin Leary threw two first quarter touchdowns and they never looked back. Uh, their defense had been bad this season, but played great against Virginia, forced four turnovers, including the best highlight. Alan McNeil, a big lineman, he batted a ball up in the air, caught it, and ran for an 18-yard pick six. He loves seeing big guy touchdowns. <laughs> Brennan Armstrong didn't look too good. He threw two picks. He ended up being knocked out with a concussion. But uh, Virginia had a rough rough go on Saturday. Okay. Uh, I've got uh, Georgia dominating Tennessee 44-21. Garantano was very good in the first half. Um, Georgia did gift them seven points early on the uh, bad snap that led to a touchdown. But Second half was a whole different story. I mean, I think Tennessee was up 21-17 at half, but they didn't score again. Uh, Georgia defense just completely stifled them. Tennessee O-line just did not live up to the hype, at least in, in this game, going up against a tough defense. So uh, Georgia has you know clearly established themselves as the favorite in the East if they, they weren't already. Yep. Uh, Iowa State beat Texas Tech 31-15, to but that score does not indicate how much they dominated at one point before garbage time iowa state was outgaining texas tech 504 to 95 that's insane that's um, wow alan bowman was terrible and uh iowa state now three and zero in conference <laughs> looking a lot better than after <laughs> week one was i was freaking out after the lafayette game the La- <laughs> yeah louisiana please please sorry i was uh 
I was freaking out a little. No, I guess I didn't freak out. I was still no, confident in the team, but my my lock over wasn't looking very good at that yeah, point. Yeah, now it's it's got a shot. Real good shot. Yeah, that's yeah. All right, Mississippi State at Kentucky. Kentucky won twenty four to two. Stat line for KJ KJ Costello and the freshman Will Rogers at quarterback was seventy pass attempts, zero touchdowns, six interceptions, and the offense obviously got shut out. So. Uh, not good for for Mississippi State. Nice bounce back win for Kentucky, though. They they're one and two now. Uh, you know, close Needed loss that. to close loss to Ole Miss at home, and uh, not a bad loss one at Auburn. Auburn. Yeah, yeah, they competed. So that so they're that, not bad. That pick at the end zone that uh, that uh, Terry Wilson threw at Auburn certainly hurt their chances in that one. But yeah. Um, all right, my turn. You ready? You done? Go for it. Okay. Uh, Miami at Clemson's my first game. Uh, just utter domination for Clemson. They came ready to play. I mean, they looked wow. They just made Miami look like complete chumps. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know if I, 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 I don't think it's necessarily Miami not being that great. I just think Clemson's really, really, really good. Okay, I still think Miami can be a pretty good team, but they've shown that already. But it's just Clemson's just on another level. Um, the yeah. Pass rush is just nonstop. Um, Derek King just couldn't do anything. I mean, it's not like he had anybody to throw to and they couldn't get out of He was getting pressured all the day, but it's just, it was utter domination. ETN and Travis or Trevor Lawrence were awesome. They won 42-17, just another easy. They got the field goal block. Yeah. That, that was one of their touchdowns was at the end of the first half. That was a attempting a interesting 61-yard field goal. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Didn't work anyways. out. Yep. Uh, the next game, Florida State at Notre Dame. Florida State's offense woke up a bit uh, with Jordan Travis kind of taking over here. He had uh, 300 yards, uh, total yards uh, of offense in this one. FSU competed for a while, uh, but in the end, Notre Dame was just too good, especially on the ground. They ran for 353 yards. Kyron Williams had a huge day, like Michael expected him to. Um, and Notre you. Dame got the win 42-26. Hey, uh, so that was in our Q&A session uh, on Saturday, yeah. last Saturday morning. I brought up Kyron Williams, but Trey brought up Kellen Mond, right? That was your guy to have a big game. Yeah, Nailed thank that. you. Who was yours, Ryan? Ellinger. Man, oh, out well, I mean, it worked he out had at six the end. touchdowns. Yeah, he had six he had touchdowns. four rushing and two passing. It's true. If you're going fantasy-wise, there you go. He was clutch. Yeah. yeah. He was definitely clutch until, the, until the pick. All right, but, I'll take it. It was lost, yeah. but there was a... He, I didn't say who was going to win. I just said he would have a big, big day, I guess. <laughs> uh, Louisville at Georgia Tech. The yellow. This one was played, was it a Friday, right? Um, I think so. I uh, think so. Yeah, the Yellow Jackets, they got the win 46-27 here. Uh, but it was, it was a lot closer than that 19-point spread would indicate. Uh, Georgia Tech scored two touchdowns in the final three minutes to kind of make it look kind of bad. But the story of the game was turnovers. Uh, you would think, you know, with true, the true freshman Jeff Sims for Georgia Tech, that they would kind of be on the wrong end of the turnover battle, which because he's throwing like eight picks in the first three games. But he didn't turn it over at all in this one. Uh, meanwhile, Louisville turned it over three times to Georgia Tech, and Georgia Tech scored three touchdowns off of those three turnovers. So that was obviously the difference in the game. It just Louisville kept shooting themselves in the foot. They should have. They looked like they would have had control uh, in the first half, but they just. They kept just giving it away. So props to Jeff Sims and a good win for Georgia Tech. Okay, let's uh, let's get to our segments. We've got two segments. The first one, Ryan, you're up again. We've got yes. the top five list. And Trey and I, again, we have no idea what you're about to say. So I don't either. <laughs> okay. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> top five numbers. Top five yeah. things I've eaten for dinner in the last week. No. Um, 
that'd be five things that are the same. California casserole, California casserole. Oh my gosh! Wow. I I, I had it a few times. It is very good. But it's wow. delicious. All right. And I don't, I'm the only one who eats it, so it's you know, there's like make a batch. It's about five meals. Anyways, top five list. Uh, top five dominating performances between two ranked teams. Just kind of made me think of that with the Clemson dominating Miami. So, two ranked teams and one team just dominates. Okay. So, n- number five, you got the 2014 Big Ten title game. Number five, Ohio State beat number 11, Wisconsin, 59 to nothing. Mm. <laughs> That's uh, That was a pretty brutal game. 59 to Cardale nothing. Cardell Jones. You're, they got, you're a, they you're, won the title. That's that's crazy. So, uh, number four, I have 1999, Virginia Tech. Uh, they beat Syracuse, number 16, Syracuse, 62 to zero. Oof. Whoa! Yeah, that was a Michael Vick sprint. Yeah, that was big. Uh, number three, I got 2005 USC. They beat number 11 UCLA, 66 to 19. <laughs> That was the nice. year that UCLA finished ten and two under Carl Durrell. Was like, they really weren't ten and two, probably. Yeah, yeah, I remember that. But they were. <laughs> so, right. anyways, uh, at number two, I have the 2000 Florida State team because they have a multiple. So they have this is like the whole season. So listen to these games. So 2013 Florida State, sixty three to nothing over twenty number twenty five Maryland, fifty one to fourteen at number three Clemson. Wow. Ooh. Yeah. Uh, 41 to 14 over number seven, Miami and 45 to seven over number 20 Duke. Wow. Wow. And they were, then good. <laughs> they were, I mean, the only reason why they're not maybe one of the top favorites for all time team is because of their close win over Auburn in the national title. Right. If they would have beat Auburn by two scores. I mean, that team has a legit gripe as being Wait. one of the best ever. So. Yeah, you know that was an under that's an underrated team Nash, as far as wait who what what year was that thirteen oh right mm-hmm. and then the next year is when they were just beating everybody close but yeah. really weren't that good exactly so crazy that I didn't I was crazy surprised when I saw that they just demolished like t- top ten teams like crazy all right and then number one I think you guys might know where I'm going with this one you're yeah, gonna go you're, the ninety five Nebraska Florida <laughs> maybe. Yeah. 1995 Nebraska. In the national title game, I mean, national title, essentially one versus two, 62-24 over Florida, and it was even worse than that. It was just utter domination. There was just no chance. I've never seen a national title game like that at all. It was just insane. Well, I guess you just forgot USC's uh, national title, Orange Bowl against Oklahoma. 55-19. Is it 55-19? I was thinking in my head. That actually does. I I think it was... I yeah, think it was 55-19. Okay. I might be wrong. My brain Not was telling me 55-10, but 55-19 actually is sounding better, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't a USC fan at the time, so or else I would yeah, really have it memorized. But that 55-19 sounds good. That's probably right. I don't right. know why. I remember there's random a, scores. There's obviously yeah. some some a lot of ones you could put here, but just those were the ones that stuck out to me. Okay. That was the that was the game that uh halftime was Jessica Simpson. For oh my that. gosh. Oklahoma. <laughs> yeah, USC Oklahoma. Oof. That was brutal. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. Uh, so now it is my turn to be in charge of the segment here, and we are going to going to enter the trivia zone. Um, I'm going to ask you a trivia question here. Trivia. Doesn't matter what it is, you have answers. Zone. 
When you ask me those kind of questions, it really pisses me off. Trivia Zone. Okay, so I really nailed this one this week, guys. So since 2000, there's been 49 games where a team has had at least 70 pass attempts. So I've got just some questions uh, about those games. And I wanted to tweet these because there's some good little nuggets I got here, but I couldn't I couldn't ruin the, the surprise for you guys. So how many of them? There's been 49. So and 49, Mike Leach has done all of them? He's, oh. he's done a lot. That's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, the fewest points scored by any of those teams was this past weekend, Mississippi State with two points. Uh, surprise, surprise. How many points is now the second fewest on the list? <sighs> I'll go say, with three. No, you I'm going to go three. It's, okay. I'm going to say it's like a surprise. I'm going to say like 10. All right. So 70 pass attempts. It's the lowest. The next lowest is 20. 20 points. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you're throwing it that much. You're bound to score somehow. Wow. Whoa, it goes from 20 to 2? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. So that was what, that's, that's how crazy Mississippi State's game was this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So it was 20. I can give you more hints about who it was. Does it, I mean, do you have any idea off the top? Wazoo. Well, no. So it was Ohio State. Now, what? do you know what, what the game was? Who were they playing? Uh, uh, oh, was it, well, I mean, would it have been against 70 know. pass attempts? Yeah. Had to be somebody that there was like a high scoring game with Michigan, maybe? Like, okay, no. So I'll give you the score now. Another hint. 49 to 20 was the score of the game. They lost. Oh, Purdue. Oh. Purdue. Yeah, Purdue. Exactly. Who was the quarterback? <laughs> oh, yeah. Who was the quarterback wow. for Ohio State? For, oh, Haskins. Haskins. Yeah, exactly. Dwayne Haskins. So that was, uh, that's, that's pretty crazy. Um. Mm. So next question, in those 49 games, how many times did the team that attempted 70-plus passes win? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, usually you're trailing. So I'm going to say 15. Okay, right. I was going to say 14. It is 15. Oh, oh. <laughs> I really wanted 15, but Trey took it. So I forgot. <laughs> 15 and 34 is the record. Oh my gosh. I might have gone a little higher than that, but uh, yeah. Usually like, you're just you're trailing so much. So yeah, like I Trey figured. said, that you're kind of trailing. Ohio State kind of made me think about the, that Ohio State Purdue game kind of made me think about it. I realized that. Like, if you're going to throw 70 times, you're probably yeah. not leading. Yep. Yeah. Uh, okay, so final question here. So in this Mississippi State game last weekend, the, the attempts were split between two quarterbacks. Uh, so the last time a quarterback attempted 70 passes all by himself was in 2016. And that quarterback lost to Pitt that day. Who was the quarterback? Lost to Pitt. In 2016. Hmm. Oh, was it, was it an Oklahoma State quarterback? It was not. The final score was oh, I'm 40. Thinking West, I'm thinking West Virginia. Never mind. Wrong team. Okay. The final score was 43 to 42. It's a conference game. I mean, ACC play. Oh, Get, it was um, Clemson. And yes, it was. Who was their quarterback in 16? Oh. Oh, it was Deshaun Watson? Exactly. Yep. Wow. Deshaun Watson. Yeah, so that's wow, the, I didn't know he threw 70 times. That's the, the last that, time a quarterback has thrown for 70 passes, which I kind of, I did double check that. But when I say that, you would have thought it would have happened since 2016, but I don't think so. Yeah. Wow. 
That was there a crazy game, right? Pitt will hit that long field goal to win, if I'm not mistaken, right? I think right? so. Sounds right. I think so. Wow. Wow. I would never have guessed that Deshaun Watson and Clemson yeah. threw 70 passes. That's crazy. Yeah. And who, who was the quarterback for Pitt that day? He had five touchdowns and no picks. Um, It was... Uh, oh, gosh. Hold on. I can picture him. Um, Pitt. Oh, man. That's going to me <laughs> oh my goodness what is they got picket now it was i know but i'm like pit ah that's gonna i'm a, gonna be bothered you need that a i didn't get it or something yeah well he, he made it to the nfl i know and uh was not good in the nfl i don't know if he's still uh, hanging around somewhere i don't pay much peterman the, yes nathan peterman <laughs> oh, yeah that's right. not good yeah, <laughs> yeah peterman there it is that's right. There you go. Okay. Wow. What a what a game. Oh wow. Let's uh, let's move on to our week seven picks. Uh, we'll start with BYU at Houston. BYU is favored five. Trey. I'm excited to see this game. Uh, uh, just about compared to any other this weekend. Uh, Houston. They were able to overcome five turnovers last week in their first game of the season against Tulane. Uh, and they won, ended up winning kind of comfortably. BYU, though, they had their first somewhat poor game. They only beat UTSA 27-20 as massive favorites. Uh, the, the concerning part, though, for Houston is Holgerson said in his presser that 15 to 20 players are out of practice for a variety of reasons. Uh, he, and his quote was he didn't know how many of it would be available on Friday. Uh, either way, they're going to need the defense to improve quickly because you got Zach Wilson. He's been playing at a Heisman level. His connection with Gunnar Romney is is great. He leads the country in uh, receptions more than twenty yards. But I like Houston. They're full. Their offense full of speed. It'll be BYU's toughest test by far. Marquez Stevenson. I think he's going to have a big play either returning or in the receiving game. So I'm going to take the five points and hope that that Houston personnel loss isn't too big. Yeah, I was kind of leaning towards the Houston, to, but into the, but with those 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 key losses, we don't know exactly who they're going to be. It makes me kind of worries to take them. So I'll take BYU. Maybe they got a little bit of a wake up call. Uh, they were maybe was drinking the Kool Aid a little bit about how good they were. Um, maybe this game, past game, kind of wakes them up and gets back on track. Be like, hey, we got to kind of show ourselves again um, and kind of come out and dominate. So that could see them dominating on the ground. Their line plays really good. So Houston might have a tough time up front against them. Okay, I'm. Uh, I really like Houston this year. I know we've we all kind of do. We we talked about yeah. it in our G five preview or G however many. Now it's five. Um, definitely had the confidence that the the offense is going to be good in year two under Dana Holgerson. The defense is what really needed to take a huge step forward. And first game against Tulane, I mean, they allowed three yards per play. That is excellent. So that's a, a great start. They had. Just so many Power 5 transfers. They had three Power 5 transfers playing in the secondary. A former Sunbelt Freshman of the Year who came from Troy back there. A couple of highly recruited JUCO players. It's just a totally different defense than last year. Um, so it's, I think, decent this year. I'm not saying it's good, but um, of course, BYU is going to be a different test. I expect kind of a shootout, but I like Houston. I, I'm going to gonna make them my lock this week. Oh, wow. Hopefully that they're Coug- not missing Cougs key players. Cougs. Oh yeah, I like the Cougars. Can I make the Cougars my lock? <laughs> Did you guys see that Cougar video? Crazy. Oh. That was that was crazy. That guy getting wow, kind of stalked by a Cougar. Not sure I would want to have my phone up like this the whole time as it's happening. I know, but bro, you might put it down it. and 
be ready to. That's true. I don't know. Try to fight this guy off. I, I know. know. Crazy. I mean, he anyway. got close a few times. Like time to ditch the phone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, Pitt, but he's okay. He's all good. He's all right. He made it. Pitt at Miami is our next game. Uh, Hurricanes favored ten and a half. Yes, they are. Uh, yeah, this one to me seems like a pretty pretty big spread. I know Pitt has lost a couple games here, but heartbreak, you know, super close. Um, Pitt's still got a good defense. They're still going to be able to run the ball a little bit. Kenny Pickett is not great, but we all know he's solid. Uh, so Miami, on the other hand, is coming off of a, a game where they're kind of licking their wounds here. Uh, we'll see if they can kind of get back in that flow. Losing that badly, I don't know, might have a little bit of a little bit of an effect on them. But I, I just think Pitt has a defensive line that can maybe take advantage of that Miami line that's not that great. Uh, I think they can get pressure uh, on De'Ara King and make it make life tough for him. I I don't expect Pitt to go in there and necessarily win, but ten and a half. Pitt just seems to always play in close games. They've had their last three games decided by three points or less. Last year, this game was decided by four points. I'd not seen a ten and a half game here i'm gonna i'm gonna say it's close um so i'm gonna take uh pit and i'm actually gonna make pit my lock yeah I, I like pit as well in this game it does worry me a little bit that uh kenny pickett got banged up last game was kind of hobbling on that ankle but um honestly i kind of like one of their backups joey yellen from from asu but he's not even the the i guess there's an or with him at, at number two quarterback so and and of course they didn't really go to him they they went back to to Kenny Pickett, even though he was hobbled at the end of last game. So I'm not sure how much confidence they have in him, but the pit defense, that's obviously the key. And they've been, you know, Miami's offense, first three games of the season, they were running the ball great over 200 yards a game, six yards per carry. They were just, that was making things very easy against Clemson. Clemson stopped the run. So kind of, and, and got a lead. So kind of made them one dimensional and you saw what happened. It didn't work out. I think Pitt with that D line, like you bring up, they can kind of, you know, maybe a JV version of that blueprint. Yeah, it's they, obviously not Clemson level, but no, they've allowed 1.7 yards per per carry, so they're they can very good against the run. Hopefully, shut down the run game. The, the secondary, I don't know what has happened the last couple of weeks. Like BC yeah. and NC State have just torched them, so that also concerns me. That's why it's not my lock, but yeah, I think they can get a cover. And to add on to that run defense, they've only given up 52 yards per game on the ground. So I think that's I think it's a good recipe against Miami. Uh, slow down camera uh the the canes ground attack but uh so i'm also with you guys i'm taking pit plus the points okay uh louisville at notre dame notre dame is favored 17 obviously i feel confident notre dame's gonna win the game uh louisville's defense has been awful this year they're notre dame's gonna be able to run the ball easily ian book probably won't face a ton of pressure but i do think maybe louisville is being a little bit undervalued right now they're currently minus eight in turnover margin through four games that's just unsustainably bad they arguably outpaid outplayed pit in that loss um close loss they had the lead entering the the fourth quarter against georgia tech so ryan you talked about it that final score was maybe a little bit misleading still believe in their offense that at least the skill talent so i'll i'll say they can cover 17 yeah, I, I totally hear you. That's that's fair. I'm going to actually lay the points with Notre Dame. I just think Ian Book and Kyron Williams are going to be able to run all over this this defense. They're 96th in SP Plus defense. Uh, I will say Jordan Travis, like you mentioned earlier, Ryan, in your recap, he was able to get some big chunk plays for Florida State against Notre Dame. Um, so I can see Louisville having some 
success uh, offensively, but but the one thing is Notre Dame, I guess, is expecting two starters back on defense. Uh, defensive tackle Myron Tagovailoa Amosa, and then their linebacker Jack Kaiser. So a couple new faces or starting pieces on defense can only help. I just can't back this Louisville team losing by three scores. I know it was close to Georgia Wait, Tech. I and then I'd try. You kind of did, did you say you have Tagovailoa and Kaiser? Tua, Tua, Tua and Deshaun playing the, on Notre Dame's defense here? <laughs> yeah, exactly. How about wow. that? Wow, that's crazy. How about that? Uh, but yeah, like I said, I just can't back this team. They've lost three in a row, so I'm going to take the Irish. Yeah, this is a tough one for me, because I, I, but I, I'm kind of leaning with Trey. Uh, I just don't believe in Louisville's defense enough to be able to to stay real real close with Notre Dame. They could just, they could just wear them, wear them, wear them down, and kind of like Louisville, I mean, it's a little bit different, but kind of like Louisville happened at Georgia Tech, they just eventually folded. Georgia Tech really kind of put iced it on the end. I think Notre Dame can do that, and even at a greater level with how great their ground game is and their offensive line is awesome. Yeah. So Louisville's going to put up points. Sure, they're they're not going to Notre Dame's not going to stifle them. Uh, but you know, Louisville could put up twenty eight, and I still don't think they'll they would cover seventeen. Man, Louisville is uh, is about to be one and four. I mean, if they don't pull off the big upset here, that's that's crazy. Yeah. I mean, they're not that they're bad, but no rough start. Just very disappointing. LSU at Florida. Florida is favored 11 and a half as we speak now. That line has come down the last several hours. Trey, what's the, the reason there? Well, the, I mean, the Gators had to shut down team activities uh, as they're dealing with positive COVID tests. So I'm not even certain at this point the game yeah, probably won't even will be happen. played. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Dan Mullen wants 90,000 fans in this game. That's <laughs> yeah. a different, different story. If it, uh, but if it does, I'm assuming the game goes. Um, yeah. The whole world is piling on LSU right now. Uh, I don't think many people are giving them a chance in Gainesville. Uh, I think Florida is going to bounce back and, and get the win, I think. Uh, but I think LSU can cover this this spread here. Kyle Trask, he's going to put up numbers. We know about Kyle Pitts. Kadarius Tony has become the go-to receiver. He should make some plays. But I think Miles Brennan, the LSU offense, can move the ball. We've, we've talked about how the Gator defense is pretty susceptible to uh to some points terrace marshall has been almost unstoppable at at wide receiver he already has seven touchdowns through yeah. three games so i'm gonna take the points okay uh i'm gonna go against you i'll take florida uh give, given the points um just i just feel like lsu will kind of stumble a few times and that's all it's gonna take for that florida offense because the florida offense is gonna you know i mean i don't know how many points lsu can prevent them from scoring uh, yeah, maybe we should measure measure uh, LSU's defense in yards prevented in this game. Yeah, exactly. That's <laughs> what I feel like this game's going to come. Yeah. Come I'm going to check like, out that stat always now. Florida yeah. State's going to score a lot of touchdowns, or Florida, sorry, is going to score a lot of touchdowns uh, in this one. And I, LSU will score too. There's no doubt. But I could see this one being like a 52 to 40 type of game, or you know, something like Ooh. super high, where Florida <laughs> just still covers. That's a cold, very close <laughs> cover for Florida there. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, I did some math there real quick. Yeah. <laughs> The uh, over/under for this game is seventy-three right now, so yeah, it's Amazing. it's going to be overs have been good if it goes off. Uh, but I'm with Trey. I, I I like what Miles Brennan's been doing. You know, he's the passing game has good, been good, especially given that uh, the running game is not helping him out at all. So, um, yeah. all things considered, he's he's doing well. At least, especially compared to that first game, I think a lot of people were extremely down on him. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Okay, UCF minus three and a half at Memphis. Uh, what do you think, Ryan? 
I'll take Memphis here. If you're going to give me three and a half points uh, at Memphis, Memphis is a very good team. Uh, they've been kind of the class of the, well, it's right up there neck and neck with that AAC. So give me three and a half at home. I'll take it, especially with UCF coming off of uh, that, that Tulsa loss, which was kind of disappointing. They really just, the offense just got shut down there um, by Tulsa. And Zach Smith for the Tulsa's QB just kind of erupted there against that UCF defense, which doesn't seem to be necessarily all that great. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to take Memphis. Brady White, I think he's going to have a huge game. Um, they're going to do enough to slow down uh, Dylan Gabriel and UCF. So, yeah, I'll I'll gladly take three and a half with Memphis at home. Yeah, I I have to think that this line is maybe reflecting that, you know, Memphis has had some issues with COVID that, you know, cost cost them a lot of practices. And maybe that's still lingering in terms of their, you know, what yeah. their play is going to be like. Obviously, the SMU game, they had very sloppy start. Um making a lot of mistakes in that game they got it going at the end and came back um so i i am gonna take the three and a half i i just the i guess the point spread is i think a little bit too much i, I do think ucf's a little bit better but maybe not that much better uh so i'll bet on brady white demonte coxie that offense to to keep up i agree with you guys uh I'm, i like memphis here the loser of this game is gonna have it's gonna be a challenge for them to get back in the aac championship game i mean they'll still be alive but a lot tougher with a couple losses um but i i just look at these teams and i think they're even are very similar on on both sides of the ball and i just think ryan you mentioned the tulsa game maybe memphis can use that blueprint and and hold ucf somewhat in check i think the tigers might win this straight up and i'm gonna make memphis my lock all right well we got the game of the year i would think yeah georgia at Alabama, I haven't even checked. I imagine that's where game day is going. Uh, Alabama, it is okay. Yeah, is favored six, and you got the best offense in college football, Alabama, against the best defense in Georgia. And I'm going to go with Alabama. I mean, I just I think these days it seems like great offense kind of beats great defense, and it's one thing for Georgia to shut down Arkansas and Auburn and Tennessee, but Alabama is going to put some points up and not, not through any fault of Georgia. I mean, that they're one of the best defenses in, in years, but it's just the offense is just too good. Mac Jones is playing too well. So they're going to score some, I mean, they're not going to go up and down the field, but that means Stetson Bennett is going to have to, to kind of do the same. And maybe I'm just too slow to buy on, buy in on him. Cause he has been good, but now you're going up against Alabama. You're going to have to, a lot of pressure is going to be on him. He's he's going to have to probably complete some deep balls and you know really push the ball down the field like he hasn't necessarily in previous games. Pressure is going to be on him, so that's why I'm I'm going with the tide. The other thing, this game's on primetime uh, on CBS. Maybe mm. sweet sweet night game, but uh, this game's really difficult because I totally hear your points. I kind of waffled back and forth. I'm going to take the defense in Georgia. Um, I know how ridiculous that offense of Bama has been. I just, Mac Jones hasn't faced a defense like close to Georgia's this year. So I'm just, I want to see how he performs when he can't maybe move the ball down the field every single possession. Um, you know, so it'll, that's the, the, the game within the game that I'm curious to see. And I think the Bama defense, um, will start to show what we thought against this Georgia offense because they are a little more inferior with Stetson Bennett, but he's shown me at least enough that, He's capable and he can at least move the ball a little bit against them. And maybe Alabama's defense isn't 
all that that we made it up to be in Georgia can move the ball a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I saw a stat and it, it's kind of dumb, doesn't really mean a ton, but Georgia can't get to fourth and one on offense. They're, they're one <laughs> for seven on fourth and one since last season. It's the worst in the country. It's, it's kind of surprising. Yeah. They're definitely surprising. Uh, I'm going to go with Trey here. I'm going to take the, to the points. Uh, just, I mean, I know Bama's great, but just the way their defense looked last week just makes it tough for me to have confidence that they're going to shut down Georgia, who, I mean, their offense isn't amazing, but they got some good players there. I mean, they got, they've put up some good points, put up 44 last week against a, a solid Tennessee defense. So, um, combine that with obviously the, the great defense, you know, I think this game will be, it's so cool to see it. Just a great defense going up against great offense, yeah. but, uh, yeah, I just think the Stetson Ben will put up enough to make it close. So I, I think this one's going to go down to the end. Uh, yeah, but I'll I'll take the six. This is one of those games that I am probably not actually going to bet because I just want to cheer for. I just want it to go to yeah, overtime, yeah. and you know, you're just cheering yeah. for a close game. So can't wait to watch. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's uh, get to some honorable mentions. Some other big games worth bringing up this weekend. Uh, Ryan, yes. go ahead. Alrighty, the first game I got here is uh, this one's being played tomorrow. So, well, this morning, if you're listening to it tomorrow morning, but we got Coastal Carolina uh, playing at uh, Louisiana. I'll leave it at that. Wednesday. Uh, night. Louisiana's favorite. I did I not say that already? I don't know. You kind of said Wednesday morning. It was weird. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sorry. Yes, this one's being played Wednesday night. Uh, Louisiana is favored seven and a half. Which is crazy to think about before the year. You would have thought Coastal Carolina going to Louisiana. Like, this would have been like 12, like 20 or something like that. But <laughs> how Coastal many? Carolina is. Huh? No, not. <laughs> yeah, anyways. Coastal Carolina is a different team this year, man. Grayson McCall has been awesome. Podcast favorite, Coastal Carolina. Uh, looking pretty good. Louisiana has been skating by lately. Uh, been winning some close ones. So I'm going to take Coastal Carolina uh, plus that seven and a half points. I think it's going to be a great game. Uh, second game, I got North Carolina at Florida State. Uh, North Carolina's favorite 13 and a half. Uh, we'll see if Florida State and Jordan Travis can kind of keep up the momentum a little bit on uh, on offense there, see if they can kind of do that. And obviously, North Carolina was susceptible last week to Virginia Tech's offense, so hey, maybe they can keep this one interesting. I'm surprisingly convincing myself to take Florida State, which could be a massive, massive mistake, but they got to at least show some life here, right? They're going to, going to. So let's say that. Let's do it here. Florida State. Come on, guys. <laughs> Uh, and then number three here, I got Auburn is favored three and a half at South Carolina. This one, I got to take the points. Auburn has not looked super impressive, of course. They skated by Arkansas, who no doubt is a much improved team as we've seen so far. But just don't feel confident for Auburn to go to South Carolina, who's a solid team. I like Colin Hill. He's a solid quarterback. So give me the three and a half with the Gamecocks at home. Okay. Uh, Clemson minus 27 at Georgia Tech. I'm going to take Clemson. I think they can... Uh force jeff sims back into a, a few more turnovers certainly than he had last week and those chunk plays that sims had against louisville are not going to be there i don't think against the the clemson defense so i think clemson can can win by four touchdowns ole miss minus three at arkansas i know felipe franks has been good and that ole miss defense is terrible but i'm just going to bet on what i think is by far the best group in this game and that's ole miss's offense matt corral is putting up Heisman level numbers. I, I mean, it's just crazy. I, obviously, they'd have to win more for him to have a real chance at the Heisman, but he should at least be being mentioned. 
Yeah. Uh, the skill talent is even better than we thought. Kenny Yeboah stepping up at tight end for Ole Miss. Yeah, he looks good. Yeah, we already knew about Elijah Moore at receiver and uh, the running backs, Jerry and Ely. And Ely. Snoop yeah. Connor stepped up uh, last game. So I'm going to keep rolling with the lane train. And then my final game is Cincinnati minus three at Tulsa. Zach Smith for Tulsa. Ryan, you brought him up. Uh, he's a solid yeah. quarterback, the former Baylor transfer. And their defense just shut down UCF and – you know Desmond Ritter, Cincinnati's quarterback, seems to be regressing every year. It was pretty promising freshman year, but now as a junior, just not looking good. Uh, but I will say, three points though is just not that much to Whoa. give here for a team that I think has a huge talent edge overall. Cincinnati themselves, they've got a great defense, best defense in the G five probably. Um, so I will lay that minus three. Got it. All right, I'm gonna go. Back to the SEC, Kentucky at Tennessee. Tennessee's favorite six. I'm starting to become a fan of the Vols, and I, I think they're going to win Saturday, but it's going to be close, so I'm going to take Kentucky against the spread. I'm encouraged by their performance against Mississippi State. You know, Held Leach's first ever game without an offensive score. They harassed Costello, and maybe they're rounding into form now. Um, they're going to need to prevent Tennessee's wideout Josh Palmer from beating them. I, I like him. He's good. But Tennessee will just win a squeaker. Texas A&M, minus 6.5 at Mississippi State, who I just mentioned. I'm going to take the Aggies. Uh, these two teams are just going in different directions right now. A&M, confident, just beat the Gators, of course. Mississippi State, they've looked pretty bad the last couple games. Leach just telling the media he needs people on the team that are bought in. And it's just changed so fast since that first, first game yeah. against LSU. What was he saying he needs to purge the... I forget the word he used, yeah. but it was just, yeah, it was. I didn't like it. <laughs> not, not great. But uh, Kellen Mond, Spiller on the ground. They're going to beat up the Bulldogs' defense. And then finally, Boston College at Virginia Tech. Virginia Tech's given eleven and a half. I'm going to take the eleven and a half in Boston College. Halfley at the at this moment in time, I would maybe argue he's the ACC Coach of the Year. Three and one with their only loss being to North Carolina. Not many saw that coming. I. I'm not saying the rest of the year they're going to be good or he'll be the coach of the year, but just at this moment. Uh, Phil Jerkovic, he's been playing great. 358 yards, three touchdowns on Pitt's good defense. The Hokies will score. I'm hoping it's Hendon Hooker uh, from start to finish so we can truly <laughs> can see what this Hokie team looks like. Uh, put out Braxton Burweiser as the starter? Uh, I mean, <laughs> <laughs> the, Twitter, the Twitter outrage is, is hilarious to watch, too, of all the fans. But, oh. Uh, they're going to score, no doubt, but uh, they haven't stopped much on defense, so I think BC can hold them within the 11 and a half. All righty. Uh, it is time for the questionable finish. Ole Miss's defense did not stand a chance against Alabama last week. Name a time you tried to prevent something from happening, but knew you stood no chance. Ah, uh, man, this one... I, I don't remember exactly how old I was, but uh, I was I had to go to the bathroom really, really Uh-oh. bad. <laughs> yeah. And uh, number one, number one. Okay. And uh, I we were pretty far away from the nearest, uh, you know, facilities, and uh, I couldn't hold it anymore. So <laughs> it just, the dam broke. <laughs> that's, that's brutal. I was young. I was young, but I remember. I remember. Yeah. I remember being very embarrassed because... I was old enough to where I sh- that shouldn't happen. <laughs> All right. Well, Ryan's calling in from a telephone now. Oh, yeah. Can you hear? Uh, Is Ryan's audio messed up for you? Yeah. just It sounds like he's on the phone. 
It's all right. Really? He just dialed in for this segment. Yeah, whatever. Hopefully it sounds good to the listeners. I don't know. Anyway, uh, for me, it's anytime I open a, a sleeve of Ritz crackers and I, I try not to eat the whole oh. thing because it's just no chance. Those, I mean, for it seems like they, I think they actually have a decent amount of calories, but they go down like nothing. Oh, it's oh, yeah. just like water. Yeah. It's oh, those are so good. Yeah. Um, all my life, I've just had the hardest time from from girls loving me. It, I couldn't help it. I mm. it, I actually mm. had it was it was amazing. Wow. No, they, 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 they really kind of bad for you. Really, <laughs> I had to had to beg. It was kind of sad. <laughs> all right. Uh, yep. Next question. Mississippi State did not score an offensive point against Kentucky. Sorry, Mississippi State fans, for continually bringing that up this episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they've lost two games in a row. Of course, after that. Uh, impressive win at LSU. Name a time when you started the season. Well, when you started hot, but faded quickly. Well, Mississippi State—they're known for being in Stark Vegas. So I'm going to talk about craps in Vegas gambling. Mm. First trip I was old enough to actually gamble. I won a bunch at the craps table. In the countless amount of times I've played craps since, I feel like I've lost almost every time. It, they, it just hooked me in. I started great, but ever since, just mm. been horrendous. <laughs> Yeah, it's brutal. Um, for me, it was, I think I brought this up maybe a couple years ago on the pod, but it was basketball tryouts when we first moved down to San Diego. Day one of tryouts, I was just dominating. Like, it was just, I just thought, holy crap, like, everyone sucks at basketball in San Diego. This is great. <laughs> but then uh, day two of tryouts was when apparently all the football players came because they, they had to miss day one. They had a game or something. So that's where all the best athletes were. And so, yeah, it was a rude awakening. Oh. Got put in your place real quick there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's tough. Uh, mine is somewhat similar. At least it's a sports thing. I was playing uh, a basketball uh, in a game, and I think this was my like, JV. I played a JV in college. They had JV college hoops for me, so I was playing on JV. And I was like, started off the game like really hot. I was I think I started like six for six uh, shooting th- on the three pointers, and then I just proceeded to miss like the next ten. Like, the other team was playing a zone, so I could just let it light it up. And my coach was like, you better shoot the ball, Newman. Just put it up and start hot. But then, my God, I just really faded down the track. Mm. I got tired. I was not in shape. <laughs> That's My legs were gone. All right. Uh, final question here. We got to give our upset specials for the week. And last week, my pick was Coastal Carolina over Louisiana. And of course, you didn't lose. I didn't lose. Yeah. So that's. I'm just going to roll that over. I'm going to pick Coastal again. Um, Grayson McCall, you brought him up, Ryan. Coastal, they're a team, so got to roll with them. Let's go for it, man. All right, I'm going to go. I went with Florida International a couple weeks ago. I'm going to stick with them. They're getting seven and a half against Charlotte. Love Will Hill, Will Healy, but I think Butch Davis and Co. They can keep it close. Maybe pull off the win. Uh, I uh, Devonte Price has been amazing on the ground for them. Maybe he'll help pull the upset. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, all right. I am going to, well, first of all, I hit mine last week. I had, uh, oh yeah, me too. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. I had, uh, K-State beaten TCU. So that makes me four and one. Wow. On my That's amazing. Upset specials. Our lifetime record. <laughs> I feel like crazy. on these as a, as a group is it's gotta be really good. Like it's surprisingly good. Yeah. We've insane. been getting lucky. Very lucky. Um, but my luck's not going to run out here. I'm going with Pitt. Uh, they're getting ten and a half at the U. I think oh, the you're U, doubling down. It. Yeah, I think the I think that defensive line is going to cause the some issues, man. Pitt, and the Miami's upset. not going to be able to run on them. They're going to have to rely on the arm, and 
their passing game is not that great. So Pitt's going to take advantage. All right. That'll do it for the College Football Bros podcast. Be on the lookout for our Big Ten season preview episode. We uh, pre-recorded that uh, last night, so that'll be coming out in the next couple days. Um, And next week, uh, our episode next week may be coming a a couple days later than usual. I'm going to be traveling, so uh, sorry about that, but we'll make up for it. It'll be a great episode. talk Talk to you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.